I feel like Xfinity Wi-Fi when I try to connect with someone because it's feeling really spotty at times. I can't seem to find the hot spot. Uh, even though I am pretty mobile and agile, it just seems that if I were to, you know, be a mentor or what do they call when you join a boys and girls club and you're someone's yeah, mentor. And you try to show a new kid the ropes before they decide to put it around their neck. You're like, hey, welcome to the Boys and Girls Club. Which, surprised they haven't had to change their name. I guess you just have to identify as one or the other and you're in the clear. Not wrong with that. But, you know, boys and girls. Boys like girls, like Taylor Swift. I do remember where you were on our first date. Except I didn't even say hey. I was like, ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Who put a sack under your tree? It's always the one that make manual ornaments and use their privilege as being a student teacher in the third grade class as they're making little glue snowman and they're like oh i have none to do all day so i made you this little gift for you know christmas this year and you're like that's great um i went to home depot and got myself a sledgehammer so i can make us a few caskets this year to just Dig deep down and bury my sins. And I guess if you do make a baby in a casket underground, are you really sinning? Are you actually making something underground so it could blossom above ground? Is that actually how we're supposed to be made? Underground. No railroad. No Atlanta. Um, <laughs> if I gave out a mixtape CD, it would be like, Welcome to Chili's. Um, <laughs> that's a deep, deep cut to my old youth. I feel like every man in their youth rapped or rhymed words around a beat. Now it was within a couple anecdotes or metric notes of the beat. But um, in this intro is like the Wi-Fi that I mentioned at the beginning because I feel like a Dalmatian if I had 101 of them because this is Clint podcasting 101. Welcome to episode 233 of the Often Be Podcast with Clint Nelson. I'm your host, Clint Nelson. Don't forget to like, follow, comment, subscribe. Hit the notification bell, but most important, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to suck some titties and flop that biscuit where the butter meets the road. Let me dry rub you in Louisiana and just say that uh, well, I have a part-time job and I could just have an occasional. Nope, just me. Let the alligator eat the toad of my toenail. Clip it up, Kawhi Leonard, because I'm on a rest day. Recording this at 3.01 a.m. Eastern on November 6th. Yeah. Is that November 6th? Not that it really matters. November 7th. 2023 for the archives and yes it does matter all dates matter even the cheesecake factory ones um (laughs) you know the cheesecake i'm not gonna go on about the cheesecake factory but i was actually thinking cheesecake factory has been a common occurrence in my life like all different types of events in my life different different stages of life different celebrations different eventful events at Cheesecake Factory, if happened, from the best to the worst. Cheesecake Factory is family, you know? 
Their menu is like an assortment of family members. You get all the different types you want, all the bipolar, all the normal, all the quiet, all the, you know, suicidal ones. And you get breakfast, brunch, lunch, dessert. And just when you think dessert's like, all right, this can't go wrong, they under they underslice your cheesecake. And then you get an eventful night. Um... It's like, are they overpriced? I don't know. It's pretty high price for my liking. Um, <laughs> but you know what? The Cheesecake Factory just fills a lot of holes. It just didn't fill hers. But you know, looking back at the video, I think the real assessment is, is that if we're going to be honest, let's look at her and look at the guy she was with. Um, she, I don't think in any normal setting, she would go out with that dude in any capacity. Um, I'm not stereotyping. It has nothing to do with the race aspect. It's look at the type, her behavior and what she would be into compared to how he was. I just, you know, sometimes you just see it. You're old enough and you know, a lot of people just like, oh, anyone can be with anyone. We can't make a judgment. We don't know her preference. I guarantee if we go through her last eight guys she dated, none of them have much similarities to this guy. Unless they didn't take her to the Cheesecake Factory. Then maybe that's what she's like, wait, you can't look like this and take me to the Cheesecake Factory. As she's wearing purple lipstick, looking like Barney-ass lips. But you know what? Who cares? Who cares if her dress makes her look like Ike from Monsters, Inc. Who cares, you know? Who cares if she looks like a big Mike and Ike character? You know what? No. You know what? Nope, Clint. Shut up. You're gonna get yourself in some trouble. But yeah. So. Well. Monsters, Inc. (laughs) She inked a monster uh, reality check. Um... (laughs) But you know what? She's probably one of those dumbass people that her idea of service is she would tip people. She would tip the types of service because it's a party and she would justify like, oh, tipping someone who poured you a sangria $8 when the drink was $6 more than someone who was serving you all night for $90 and $100 and she would have a hard time tipping them $8. That's her logic because that food didn't make her feel with the alcohol. The personal relationship of bartending and stuff. It's a weird thing people got. You know, people do have like a weird close relationship with bartenders, you know. It's like, it, bartending's one of the ones where you have to have actual personality. You have to have an actual like human skill set to get the most out of it, you know. It really is, you know, the stripping for males, like... Male bartenders kill it. Every bartender friend of mine that's a guy kills it. It doesn't matter if it's just at a low chain restaurant or at a high, you know, downtown, you know, type of mid-level lounge place, you know. They kill it everywhere because they have transferable skills. You know, a strip club, you know what? Guys need to see some wah-wah. They're going to throw some gin-gin. Um... (laughs) Um, but you know that people were willing to pay for nonsense, you know, you know what? I'm not going to talk about money. I'm so tired of talking about fucking money. God damn it. Money talks, shit walks, eat that booty and, uh, sexy reds, (laughs) brown broody crawls. Um, (laughs) I do like sexy red, you know, she has an appealing charismatic sense of humor which is what i like from a person whose music i don't enjoy um actually i've never the only song i've ever heard of her is on the drake album shocker shows how cultured i am and interviews with podcasters i listen to i've seen clips and she actually seems very you know sense of humor not too full of herself kind of fun go back and forth she you know she actually has like a legitimate Real humor and personality, you know. Her and Caleb Presley and her and Theo Vaughn. It's like 
Oh. She's really trying to appeal to white America. Um, <laughs> nah, white America. We, we love all the culture. We are culture vultures for sexy red. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> there was this one part of the clip. It's still loud. He's like... I, shit, I forgot what the fuck they were talking about. I was like, they were talking about sunburns. Or, or Theo Vaughn, he was talking about, yeah, you know, white people, you know, man, we get sunburns. And he started making all the analogy. And she's like, yeah, you know, that's a white. And she's like, yeah, you know, except when we get sunburned, we don't get called sexy red. You know? <laughs> I know I completely fucked it up, but it's along the lines. He basically compared sunburns to sexy red. And I was like, you know what? I like it. So yeah, I'm a bee from the trap. I will sing you in your traps. Uh, yeah. Nothing like being trapped where you get a pap smear. Um, <laughs> never understood the whole pap smear. You know, ever sm- ever uh, run a? I guess if you run a smear campaign, it'll be with Papa. Um. <laughs> Who needs data when you get a pappy smear? Um, smear these lipstick nuts in your earbuds. Um, <laughs> if I hit it with my nose and stick it in the hoop, you know they call me earbud. Hey, yeah, because I am a golden retriever of infinite information. Yeah. Don't forget to five-star the podcast, or four-star it, if we're going to be realistic about it. But you know what? Meet somewhere in the middle. Give me a four-and-a-half-star. You know, how many podcasts has ever asked for a four-and-a-half-star? I don't want a five-star. Give me a 4.5, and I'll be content. All these people are like, you know what? Give me a five-star, or you know what? Just don't do it. It's like, you can't ask for a review and tell them that if you're not going to give me the highest review, don't do it. It's like, then you don't really want a review. It is kind of weird. You know, I recently got my first non-five-star review. Because I'll get, you know, I know this impact. Like, I'll check it, like, once a month and be like, oh, got a few extra reviews here. Like, cool, I have a few now. And I saw, oh, it's not a perfect five-star. First instinct people have, oh, you're just a fucking hater. Go, sh- you know what, you're a fucking nobody. You just had time to sit there and do f- and. Click negative rating because you're a hater. It's like, you literally asked for a rating. But okay. Um, and, you know, it's like, hey, you know what? <laughs> it sounds like, you know, everyone says, like, you know what? Even Bill Gates once was rejected. Um, you know, uh, even uh, Zuckerberg was once considered this. Or, you know, even uh, this person was fired. It's like... Alright, you know, don't compare yourself to anomalies when there's nothing that proves you're not. And then there's nothing to prove that you're not the rule. But it's like, it was like, you know, it was like, oh, I, I, you know, there are people that, you know, don't 100% love it. And that's okay. Even the best podcasters in the world, the best shows in the world, the most famous, most successful, don't have perfect ratings. And you know what? That is okay. So I'm just sending a message out there. Four and a half stars. I'm completely content. All right. So I'm not asking for perfect. I'm asking for honesty. Well, except if the honesty is a little too down there. Please don't be too honest. But you know what? Be honest enough where I can hold my head up high and be like, you know what? I'm doing something right, but it's just not right. Kind of like Josh McDaniels on the Raiders. Um, <laughs> see, look at me transition back into sports. You know, so Josh McDaniels of the Raiders has gotten fired. Uh, for apparently, the story is in a team meeting, the guy who actually replaced him. Talk about getting cucked on your own team. <laughs> Josh McDaniels seems like the type of guy whose wife would fuck someone on the team. And then he would get fired and lose his shit. I don't blame him if that's what happened. It's not what happened. I don't know. He may not even be married. I'm just saying he's the type of guy. No reason why I'm comfortable saying that is because he is highly unlikable. Like, there's nothing about him that's likable. And you know what? 
business and leadership and leading a team and leading a team's success is not always about being likable. But you can't be completely unlikable. And I think he has mastered that you can be really good in one role and just some about you being in the elevator role, it just doesn't work. But you know what? He's going to get another opportunity in four years when all this blows past and he's going to do some resurrection tour saying like, you know, I was going through an alcohol crisis like Steve Sarkeesian and completely blow one opportunity and then end up getting actually a better opportunity years later because of self-inflicted and the stress he put a university through because of his unadult behavior. But I don't know. I don't want to shout on a person for their flaws and stuff, but it's kind of weird when we look like, oh, you know what? It's a road back to success. It's like, you see, he's like, yeah, you realize because what you fucking did, we had to fucking hire this one guy for five years and waste this great legacy of our team. Okay. Um, so, yeah. Um, so apparently in this team meeting, this Raiders team meeting, obviously things have not gone as well. The offense has not been great. The team is underachieving, which honestly, I don't know if they're really underachieving. They have a few star players. The record is probably around where it should be anyways, but it's just the fashion and how they're losing. You can't have one of the lowest scoring offices in the league and have Devontae Adams and a competent offensive group, you know, you just can't, um, apparently in this team, you're like, hey, we fucking hate you, man, like, we hate everything you do here, and all this shit, you, there's no freedom, there's no nothing, like, we feel like we're coming to work, and there's, like, no being able to be a human, and apparently, in practice the next day, that was one part of the meeting. I'm going to get to the other part. Apparently in practice the next day, he did exactly what they asked for. To be fair, they're like, hey, stop micromanaging us. Let us play and all this stuff. So you know what he did in practice? He did exactly when you do the complete opposite spectrum. But people keep, oh, you want to see? Fine. I'm not going to micromanage you. I'm going to sit there, let you guys fuck up, and just be like, all right, to the next play. And do complete opposite when reality is... We want you to coach us. Just don't be so over the top on everything that it leaves variability of human motion, right? So he did the opposite. He just was distant, not really present, just kind of there, going through the motions. But apparently the other part of the practice was Antonio Pierce, a former New York Giants player who played against his Patriots teams that he was coaching on. And said, didn't shit on the Patriots. In a way, he was kind of complimenting. Like, hey, look, we even when you're facing the great teams, you got to believe you can win. Even if everything says you shouldn't. You got to have this false belief that you can win every game you're in. And he's like, and apparently right in the meeting, McDaniel's like, don't speak about the Patriots like that. Like, it's like you don't even work for them anymore. And, you know, that's a, you know, you could protect your friendships. You could protect a place you worked at because you have nothing but great things. But really, you have nothing but great things to say because they basically took you back multiple times after doing a lot of shady shit and fucked up shit. Um, but he kind of just looks like a pretentious dickwad. He looks like he looks like someone you he looks like a college golfer after he's not played college golf for like nine years, wears the visor hat. You know, has like a nice uh, you know, two under par day on a very easy course and would go to be like, uh, you know, it's uh, because your swing sets because of this, you know, because and try to derive like, yeah, you know, kind of be pretentious, passive, snarky, and all this shit. Don't speak about my college career like that. 
And then you would just grab and play whack club with him and hit him. He actually just has a punchable face. Like, he is someone that if he wasn't in his position, all the dudes that he has coached, all every, all the players would just punch him in the fucking face. But that's the thing. You create intimidate. He's someone who I believe, based off everything you hear, he creates intimidation based off his lack of competency of actually being able to perform what he coaches and they literally rely you know forget the patriot system nonsense i think a lot of that stuff's over oh coaches leave one place and they just do the patriot i actually don't think they really do the patriot way i think they just try to instill a winning culture somewhere and sometimes it takes a very immediate change when you go to a place that's just used to relaxing and not taking shit serious it's a culture change and a lot of people don't want to adjust so i think there's that balance act of changing stuff but still making people like hey this isn't this is football right we're all getting paid millions of dollars to do something pretty absurd but you know what we're not what we're going to come to work and take the shit serious and I just think he doesn't like he doesn't have the credibility. Like to have an ego like that when you have not won outside of having the greatest player of all time is baffling to me. Like literally not only has every team you've been to that didn't have a quarterback named Tom Brady been absolute train wreck. It literally looks so dysfunctional. That you can't even put up a competent offense. Except the exception of his first year in Oakland. Where you already had an established quarterback in Derek Carr. The number one leading rusher. Devontae Adams. And a nice supplement of weapons. So everything was already in place. But you've never had to actually elevate people. You just had to make people perform at their median levels of what we expect of them because if we don't remember after the whole Denver situation he was an offensive coordinator for I know this is getting way too deep down this is why it's off me podcast I'll talk about whatever the fuck I want um he went to the St. Louis Rams you remember those Rams days where it was a Sam Bradford being injured every year having Steven Jackson in the backfield and you know Having uh, Austin Pettis hopefully catching passes. Boise State alum. No shade. I was actually hoping him and Titus Young when they came in the league. I'm like, man, Boise State, we're putting people in the league. Then Titus Young decided to go off his pills and Austin Pettis was just, you know, all right, but not great. Um, (laughs) Man, him and Joe Jerevicious could have been us. Um, (laughs) But... But there was that one Brandon Lloyd year where it's like, holy shit, 1,500 yards. And then, you know, whatever. He was an offensive coordinator. And they were essentially the worst offense in the league. It's like, oh, damn, you couldn't even pretend for a year that you knew what the fuck you were talking about. Then he went back to the Patriots and resurrected his career. Like, hey, when Tom Brady's my quarterback, I look pretty fucking good. He's like, yeah, Tom Brady also looked pretty fucking good. With Byron Leftwich as his offensive coordinator too. And that's no shade to Byron Leftwich. But Byron Leftwich wasn't established as you quote unquote were. So maybe someone was making your plays look a lot better than it is. Right. Um, say what you want about Bill O'Brien. At least when he went to Houston with inconsistent quarterback stability they still won games and were able to be competent he at least had a 500 to an above winning record so yeah i don't know all this you know all i know is i won 43 bucks this weekend i didn't completely i won technically all my bets but i didn't win to the highest potential because you know aiden o'connell doesn't want to throw for four 
fucking more yards when you have eight minutes left. You know, you couldn't get the 213. You guys were up by 24. You couldn't get a cheap five-yard slant. Yeah, you guys still kind of have to throw the ball. All right, but you know what? I'm not mad at all. Go Raiders. And it wouldn't have mattered anyways. You know, I'm actually kind of glad Aiden O'Connell didn't get the four yards because if he would have got the four yards and then the punter that I needed to get four fucking punts gets three, I might have fucking punted my fucking phone. Um, That would have made me more mad. Like, I can handle a quarterback, a running back, a receiver not doing their part, not getting their numbers. I can lose. If, if I do a low number for a punter, and you guys can't get the four punts. Like, goddamn Buffalo. Like, what the fuck happened? Uh, it's cool, though. It's cool. But, yeah. Moving on. It was on my feet. And again and again. She was sucking my toenails. And it's so bittersweet. She's just the girl I'm looking for. Speaking of the girl you're looking for, um, <laughs> I'm such a fool. Um, so Margot Robbie is actually considered average, according to the. Average man. Like, there's literally been this craze. Social media craze. Where people just say, well, I think the correct term is she looks mid. Or she just looks mad regular. Um, I guess I've never seen her Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> you know, because uh, there ain't nothing mid about her performance in that, if you get what I'm saying. Oh, she goes all in for the part, you know? It's all about great acting, you know? Even Leonardo DiCaprio's like, oh shit, she's 30. Man, you know, I'll let it be. Um, <laughs> even even Leo had to make an exception towards his attraction towards her. And he was above, she was above his age preference, you know? Um, but you guys are going to have the audacity to say she's mid. And that's the weird thing with social media is, we are, it's the, when everyone zigs, she zags, she's considered one of the most beautiful women in the past, you know, half decade and all the movies. She's literally fucking Barbie, right? Um, and we live in this thing where it's just normal to just be like, everyone, you know, that's the thing. If a consensus is like someone is beautiful, someone's pretty, someone's very attractive, you being the person like, you know what? To me, they're mid. It's like, that's great. She would never consider you. So it really doesn't fucking matter. You know, those other people that say certain people look mid are never the people that you would be like, uh-oh, he would turn her down. Um, It's like, no, because it, there would be no option for you to turn her down. Like, she would, she would never be in your aura, right? Like, if John Hamm were to be like, yeah, she's mid, it would be like, uh-oh. We get we're on to something. So that's the thing. Like if Brad Pitt, who was in uh freaking uh once upon a time in Hollywood with her, if he said, Yeah, you know, I was on set and I was like, I didn't get the hype, that would hit different. It would be a dick thing to say, you know, but I'm saying that would hit different. You wannabe gym bros who curl 20 pound dumbbells are sitting here saying she's mid. You know what? Your 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 reps are mid. Lily, you go mid range motions. You get mid contract. All right, sorry. Getting too Jimmy here. <laughs> Slim Jim bro. <laughs> I have used that 85 different times in this podcast. I think I literally named an episode called Slim Jim bro. You know what? Side note. I just want to take a brief pause. I'm getting old off and beat vibes here, you know. I feel like when Joe Rogan interviews uh like a uh, Bill Burr or when he interviews one of his comedian friends, you get sometimes you get that old Joe Rogan feeling. You know? But yeah, 
I yeah, look at my narcissism comparing myself to the biggest podcast in the world. Um, but yeah. Today's sponsor and current drink is Prime. They were still a dollar, which is probably a sign that these things are absolute like trash in terms of value. But for some reason, I don't know, they kind of taste nice. And they're not high calorie. I don't really pay attention to calories, but it's pretty smooth. It goes in and out, you know? But yeah, this whole thing of... If there's a consensus that someone is attractive or at the very least like, okay, yeah, she's there. He and she is good looking. And you want to make... And you want to sit there and be like... You know, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to say the unpopular opinion. I think she's a 4 out of 10. It's like, okay. So, I think there should be a legal law. If you say a Margot Robbie, if you say someone who's consensually agreed to to be, at the very least, above average attractiveness, you should have to expose your picture to the world. A true picture. Someone... The government, someone should be able to hack your pictures. What you look like. Get in your webcam that sees you beating off the campster. And just see who is the person speaking on this. You know, and honestly, I feel like we should, there should be a system. From a YouTube and Instagram standpoint. Where I think to participate in certain activities and comments and stuff where you're talking about appearances of someone you should always have to have a picture of you on your profile so if you criticize someone you should be able to receive criticism back i don't think that's crazy to ask for but speaking of again the little youtube war right so this is kind of a multi-layered thing i literally learned about this last night and i don't know a whole much about the main story but kind of parlayed and Got me down a rabbit hole to another thing that I wanted to talk about. So, Nick is not green, or green is not Nick. Maybe one of the two laziest YouTube channel names of the same person who just inversed it. And I hate when people try to say, well, actually, it's because I do one type of content on this. It's like you do commentary and you talk about the same stuff on both channels, but... You just don't want to oversaturate one and stuff. You want two streams of income. Like, we know what's happened. Once it reaches its potential on one, you start another one. So, it reaches another new feeling type of thing. Oh, it's a new channel. People like, it's essentially the same thing. Apparently, he's been getting chastised and hexed for doing some, I guess, foul shit. Speaking on a incident of a close friend even though this is all in the YouTube sphere, people who are on YouTube and social media. Her experience with a YouTuber who did SA to them. I don't want to say it and get my video shadow banned because I actually like this episode so far. But did some stuff in it that is against the law, quote unquote, but the instance don't necessarily match up. But he spoke about it before the facts ever coming out or without knowing if the situation is true or not. Got ahead of himself. And I guess when the story started coming out, it turned out that wasn't the whole case. And he's getting chastised for speaking on something too fast, defending a friend. But even worse, doubling down and not really apologizing for it. X, Y, and Z, the whole YouTube stuff is coming out. And only people defending him are... You know, fanboys and girls of his, whatever. But it turned into, you know, once you get in the algorithm of commentary, and I'll be honest, I actually used to watch some of his videos, not because of necessarily anything of his opinion of what he has to say. I just like the topic sometimes people cover. And actually, I like the way he edits his videos that someone doesn't edit. One thing I do appreciate, I think he does a very good job editing and stuff. So it makes it interesting even if I don't necessarily because I do think that's the thing is like sometimes people don't like people they don't really care for their thoughts or opinions on it but they'll continue listening and watching them just because they visually or they're very good at the editing part so it's appeasable to watch right 
And some people that have all the opinions you like, but they just don't do shit. And so it makes it uninteresting. But I started going down and there's this criticism and it's kind of been out there. Someone pointed out in these commentary channels, lost their minds. And I'll be honest, a lot of these commentary channels that talk about these YouTube trendy things like alpha male content, let's just say like commentary channels that talk about sometimes social issues, sometimes there'll be issues that happen and they'll kind of talk about, you know, or they'll talk about very specific, they're basically like reaction commentary channels, which is weird how these commentary channels criticize lazy content, but all you're doing is reacting to something. Anyone can react to something. Reacting to something doesn't make you creative. I, I, I don't understand these arguments. So I'll just say examples of commentary channels that I'm talking about. We got Nick is Not Green. We got Ethan is Online. Gabby Bell. We got Noah Sampson. Um, in terms of commentary channels that kind of do all of the same editing of a sort... I'm going to be like, all of them kind of have a formula of editing. And it's not criticizing. It's just you watch all of it. And that was kind of like what this Instagram or or YouTuber. I think it was Instagram. Just kind of like made a, or Twitter. They made a joke about these comments. Like, yeah, when they all sound the same. And then they all, the people who they felt were being attacked got all offended by it. It's like, but yeah, you do all do the same formula. You guys also collaborate together. You cross-collaborate. So I'm pretty sure you guys share ideas and you guys follow formula because you know what works. It's not necessarily a critique. It kind of just is what it is. It's what works for the genre or the niche, as people like to say. Um, and I like watching commentary channels. This is not a criticism of commentary channels in general. It's people who are in this hub of commentary that talk about the same topics. They recycle around each other, co-collaborate. And oh, also I'll say Chad Chad, but except I want to keep her out of this because I actually find her to be one of the better ones. And I know people are like, oh, a guy that likes Chad Chad. It's like, yeah, out of all the ones, I actually feel like she's a lot, you know, more interesting. I feel like she's much more, I like her humor a little bit more. I feel like she at least has more, she's not trying to preach to you about what's right or wrong. I mean, she'll say her thoughts on things like, oh, she'll more like say it in a way, give examples of like, and do specific examples and kind of go over the top with it. But at least it's entertaining, right? Where the other point they're trying to preach to you about, oh, if you're, if you're complaining about someone being fat, I, I don't talk about people that are overweight and stuff, but they're, I'm giving examples. Talk about people in communities or X, Y, and Z. You have critiques about certain political things and stuff. Stuff that they talk about, open about, but you can't have an opinion about theirs, but it's whatever. Um, these commentary channels, you know, I think the real issue with them is that they have kind of developed a narcissism about them that they truly believe that their point of view is like literally when I'm listening to Ethan is online having a live stream with this guy named um shit what was his name he had like 350,000 subscribers but his real name is Oscar but his channel name or his surname was secretly gaming I think but it was spelled all different I don't know but Apparently, it was a three-hour conversation, but I listened to like 30 minutes, and the whole thing was like unbearable in the sense that Ethan is sitting there talking about, you're just wrong, like, you know, you thinking that you're just wrong, and it's like, but you're not really saying why he's wrong, you're just saying he's wrong, and they developed this thing that just because... They have this group think about what is right and wrong. There's a difference between having beliefs and actually being so close-minded, but you want everyone to be open-minded. 
that you live in this hub and world protected behind the screen, which let's be honest is what a lot of them, a lot of these channels do. And they, most importantly, to be honest, they pander. Not the channels of people that are actually part of the community of what they're defending. It is people who aren't, who are more of the masses, but they hardly protect, quote unquote, people who are not in their, quote unquote, community. But. People in their community are like, bro, you don't even like, you're not really protecting us. You're actually protecting people that are doing harm by protecting the people who are manipulating what we're trying to do. And like the Noah Samson's of the world, he's, to be honest, he's a coward. Um, Ethan Online, he is kind of egotistical when you break it down um and the thing is they will all team up they will do edits and they will they can edit anything to make anyone look like shit but the reality is is commentary channels are i think they're starting to become a turnoff for people because they're starting a lot a lot of us are starting to see that they all i don't even know if a lot of them really 100% believe what they're saying i think they know what sells to an audience they create a rabid fan base and also the weird thing is during this call with this other guy he's talking about well you know in your channels you're spewing ignorance and stuff and then your fan base comes after me in comments and stuff and he's like yeah your fan base comes after me it's like well that's because my fan base actually you know has actually uh because my fan base is ignorant and they're trying to hold you accountable. And he's like, I can't control what the fans do. You know, I put videos out there. I have a fan base. I can't control what they do. And he's like, no, but see, that's your problem. You have a responsibility for plat- and, you know, all these fucking platform people. It's like, he's like, dude, you, you have a bigger audience than me. What the fuck are you talking about? Now, then when you start realizing the Ethan is online, the Noah Sampson's, their audience is a lot of victim. Uh, it's a lot of victimization mindset about everything. So it, they're always on the defense about everything. And then when people who are always on the defense attack you and are very brash and stuff, they don't channel it that way because they still think they're a victim. So their over brashness and their reaction is justified in their mind because they're being attacked all the time. It's like doesn't make it right. Um the way you think about how you're a victim of people's words is at some point a you problem. You're not a 14-year-old child, right? If you're a 14-year-old child, alright. But once you become an adult and stuff like you're in charge for how you react to words. And these commentary channels are one of the most sensitive people ever, but they want to have the most obstruct, most well-rounded, so well-researched, they're scripted stuff. They have word-for-word planned out. They do all this work, and it's ironclad. And they have all these strong, and all these references and all this stuff, but if you, God forbid if you challenge them. God forbid if you just like... Yeah, but what you're promoting is wrong. Then they become on this heavy offense about it. So I just think commentary channels, to sum it up, I think commentary channels are kind of being exposed as people who are really weak-minded, as people, and I'm talking about people that talk about certain subjects and stuff, uh, where it's not even like fun in nature anymore. They use things that are fun in nature to kind of just talk about how everyone else is ignorant about shit. It's like, you know, just because you use the word other people are ignorant doesn't mean that you're not ignorant. Like, you know. Uh, so, yeah. They'll be the first to call everyone else miserable in their lives. But, yet, yeah, Ethan literally just in there smoking weed in his room all day. But, I don't know. He's online. So, I'll be honest, I'm sorry, like, when it comes to people that want to 
critique other people being miserable, but your response to how you deal with all your anxiety and pain in your life is sitting in your room smoking weed all day. I really don't care to hear it. Weed is just like any other recreational thing. Yes, it can be used for therapeutic things. That's great. It can be used just for personal use because you want to get high. Because you want to feel good. Because X, Y, and Z. But when you start using it to just quote unquote cope with every little thing that's wrong with you. To me, it's no worse than alcohol. It's no better than someone that deals with an alcohol. And for people that say, yes, the ramifications of alcohol on your body may be a lot worse. But just because you use a different substance to deal with the same thing doesn't mean the problem isn't still the problem. It doesn't matter if every time I get an issue with a cold sore in my mouth, I just use a snack pack vanilla pudding cup to fix it. Or at least to soften the blow, make it feel a little bit better. But the issue is, is I got some deep bacterial shit in my mouth that's causing the cold sores to come on a regular basis. You're using... Something to mask something, a temporary feeling and solution. You're ignoring the fact that if you don't deal with this shit and actually try to better the situation, you're going to be missing your bottom lip in three years when they have to remove it. You know? You're missing the point, alright? So, yeah, there's my ignorant stance of the day. Um... (laughs) I am pro use of anything you want to use, you know. I'm not a believer that drugs should be banned, per se. I don't think they should be publicly sold in stores or nothing. I'm a believer that anyone should just be able to access and use what they want to use. Because you know what? You should have to deal with the shit that comes with the shit you take. It's not responsible. It's not other people's responsibility for what you voluntarily want to consume. The part of being curious, like Dwight Howard, is sometimes you have to deal with the shit that comes with it. You want to be curious? Um, <laughs> uh, that's funny. Charleston White was saying, "Yo, what you? Th- yeah, no." <laughs> they were like, "Well, the dude in the background was like." Well, you know, that's why now he's actually putting in Taiwan. It's like, oh, where all the lady boys are. And I'm like, bro. It does bring a whole, like, he could have played anywhere. As you could have played anywhere overseas. And he chose Taiwan. All right. Oh, maybe they were offering the most money. All I know is most NBA players that go overseas, especially ones with caliber, Especially ones with the resume. Typically they go to China. Or like Emmanuel Moody went to China. <laughs> like Typically they go to like Germany. Or you know a normal country. Taiwan? Like who the fuck in Taiwan is guarding Dwight Howard? Like come on. Yeah. I mean they're not even acknowledged as a country. You know? <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> is it China doesn't acknowledge who is it that doesn't acknowledge Taiwan and it basically caused like fucking the like this Hollywood movie or this actor to have to apologize for acknowledge I think it was John Cena who acknowledged Taiwan and something he had to make a whole apologize apologizing that I'm sorry for acknowledging that Taiwan exists In Taiwan with its 5 million people like, oh, no, we exist. We just are getting fucked over. Um, It's so stupid that we have to sit here and not acknowledge a thing, a country that is on a map, a global certified map. Taiwan, we have to pretend doesn't exist, even though there are people that live there, even though we have products that literally say made in Taiwan. But when we're around... They're enemies. We have to sit here and be like, not nah, Taiwan. What's that? Is that a foot cream? Taiwan? Um, <laughs> uh, uh, I guess if you go over there and do BDSM, you say, can I Taiwan on you? <laughs> 
<laughs> That'd be funny. You go into a business me- meeting with China, Japan, or whoever hates them, and you're in a business meeting, like, hey, you know, you're a may I recommend, like, you know, someone's tie is a little messed up, and you're like, hey, you know, can I fix that for you? And it's like the leader of China. You go over there, like, yeah, let me tie one on you, and then they turn around, like, kill them. Um, <laughs> Uh, it's just so stupid Like that's one of those stupid things Like we are grown adults People who are in charge People that are actually running the world Running countries Is like if you acknowledge That this You know considerable Space on earth Is the name Of what everyone has accepted What it is we will not fund your movie. We will not show your movies and cost you millions and millions. Of, we will not do business. We will we will launch a fucking missile in Brooklyn, bitch. Like, oh hey, I'm 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 saying what they might do. That's not what I would do. Like these are the type of shits that this is the world we actually live in. People, we have to make things sound different than what they are. It's insane to me. You know, it is the biggest form of pettiness. Like, like literally, we literally attacked freaking Okinawa. We, Hiroshima, like, fucked up some shit. But we, we're not like, ah, doesn't exist. It's like, no, all of it fucking exists. Like, you know. We can't just, like, not acknowledge the Middle East because of 9-11. We can't not acknowledge shit because of attacks from other countries and vice versa. Like, we acknowledge them. We can't just be like, ah, it didn't happen. No, no, didn't happen. Um, I don't know. But, yeah. Anyways, moving on. Uh, I like this form better. You know, I don't know what happened. You know, you actually, like... I feel, you know, this is the first time I felt in the wild, like, myself. I felt normal. I felt like I'm actually doing what I should be doing in my life. By looking into a camera, blinding my eye, making you cry, making you sigh. And then be like Donovan Sharp. (laughs) The red pill guy online that... Who apparently is so against single mothers that it's been exposed that he's actually with a single mother. Um, it's always funny how people that are so against them and then it always gets exposed that they're with that. So, but you know, we all got to sell agendas. We all got to sell some bullshit. That's why you can't listen to these fucking people. Apparently he did a bullshit wedding. I mean, I guess it's certified. People that are so against marriage and yet they tell their audience marriage is there to fuck you up. If someone's all this shit and then somehow they do it. They do it. He didn't seem like he wanted to do it. Uh, he must have got her pregnant or something. And in the speech, man, like, I literally just watched the Auburn Preach video. This guy's corny as fuck anyways. Like, this guy, like, I'm sorry. There's certain people, you just hear their voice talk about stuff. It's like, yeah, this doesn't match, like, the voice of someone that I would listen to when I'm trying to take information about this. I know that's, you're not supposed to judge a book by its cover, judge a voice by whatever. But you know what? When it comes to certain things, it matters. All right. If your voice doesn't match what I would envision, taking a message serious about what you're talking about, it's just like, not going to take you serious anyways. But this man had the shittiest (laughs) camera quality, the shittiest. It's like you are a media entertainer. You're a media person. And your wedding was done on an upside-down camera for half of it, right? Terrible. No no editing when you have a whole team. And you do it in, like, some hotel lobby with fans in the audience. You know, your wife that you're marrying actually gave a pretty, like, you've bettered my life without you. You've led me, all that shit. And this man, like, thinking, like, you know what? It's my wedding day. I could put up the shenanigans. And this man's like, you know what? I was happy before you. This is how this man started out. I'm paraphrasing. He basically said, look, I was happy before you. Okay. 
I did not need you. <laughs> Basically, this is kind of what he's, uh, the exact words he literally said. I was happy before you. <laughs> and it's like, okay, like that could be true, but you know, maybe this is not the way to put it in this time and place. And, uh, you know, as a high value, he started as a high value, you know, um, you have certainly, uh, I've, he basically, I've made your life better. Not a whole lot of we made each other stuff. Not even a whole lot of you made me. This man said, I've made your life better. Um, I've done a lot of great things. And then he goes on and on saying like some, eh, okay, whatever ish. And then this man said, you know, I, I was financially successful. <laughs> like that's a weird thing to bring up in a marriage like on the wedding day it's like all right you know i was financially successful before you but it certainly feels better to to uh have it this not even to spend it with he said he said to have it uh the kind of i forgot what he said he didn't say to spend it on you but he, he basically like he used the money as a but it's nice to be able to Spend that with someone, I guess. And, and this man like, yep. And I announce us man and wife. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, you could have just not recorded it. Am I crazy? Like, there's no way he saw that video. There's no way they recorded that. And they're like, yep, this will help people take my message seriously. It's like, first of all, this is what's happened. This is what's wrong with this red pill stuff is that that guy who's doing it doesn't even believe what he's doing it. That is a man that has been broken and hurt so much. And you think at his age, he would be better than that. Um, There's honestly, if I was someone that got caught up in that world and I was a consumer and I was someone buying whatever these literally buying whatever bullshit these people are selling, listen, I would watch that and think like, you know what? Something about this doesn't seem right. This is like, this is not supposed to be a 24 seven front. There's nothing human about what's happening because he seems like someone who's trying to convince you he's about that and doesn't actually live it. That, you know, that's kind of the thing. You know when someone's like trying to sell you something and it makes you not want to buy it? It makes you not believe it even more the more they're trying to like, yep, uh, I made your life better. I was financially successful before you and I will be after you. Actually, damn, I'm surprised how good I kind of did his voice complexion. But you certainly help in some ways. Uh, you've certainly contributed to my recent, you know, upheaval and success. And it's like, bro, like, you are not that goddamn important. Like, you're not, like, you're the lowest tier of red pill. Like, the people in the red pill that I would scoff at look at you and literally be like, no, look, guys, ignore this motherfucker. Ignore this piece of shit. Like, this guy is absolute a pussy. Like, like, this guy is trying to convince you of something that's not really what it's about. But he, but they all sell the same rhetoric. They all want to make you feel like, you know, it's societal's issues for why they suck with women. But all you see is in that moment, you're like, how are you going to talk about all this red pill shit? About getting woman, about being able to have any woman you want if you act like this. And the result of everything you're teaching no offense, as we're going back, if Margot Robbie is mid, this bitch <laughs> wouldn't even get a bid. Um, <laughs> She should stay hid. Maybe that's why he wanted the video upside down. All right. I'm not going to critique a woman's appearance. I'm just saying if we're calling Margot Robbie bit, mid, and these are the same guys that would talk about how a woman's a three, a woman's a four, you know, downgrade, say you're this, you like, and then these are the, and then you're marrying someone who doesn't fit the qualifications of what a high value man would be with from a being out of their prime standpoint, 
having exposed children before, having baggage that you don't need to deal with. Like you're taking on all these things that doesn't really fit what you say you're about. There's nothing wrong with being with someone that has kids. But when you want to sell a rhetoric about being against all that, and then you're with a possible worst situation when you claim you're X, Y, and Z of a man, and you're with what you would say from the outside of other people is settling for less, that speaks about you. So basically, Donovan, I just got to say, user, 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 want to be me. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what else to say. Red pill. I think people starting to see a lot of this shit. It's nonsense. But yeah, that was episode 233 of the Off and Beat podcast with Clint Nelson. I'm your host, Clint Nelson. Don't forget to like, follow, comment, subscribe. Hit the notification bell. Follow that app on Spotify. Follow the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. But most important, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to suck some titties with a five star or four and a half star review. Because I'm a reasonable guy. And uh, Margot Robbie, according to the Wolf of Wall Street, has more than reasonable thighs. Uh, all right, guys, have a great day. That was some. That was an often beat classic. I'm a classic man. <laughs>